0: Wednesday,
1: it's kind of like our Black Monday. It's a happy Wednesday. Cyber Monday. Or Black Wacky Fridays. Wednesday. Yeah. Wacky Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday.
0: Whatever he just so said. Keep
1: your. You better sign up because they're going to go, <laughs> what? Just keep going. I'm laughing. Just <laughs> roll with it, baby.
2: Chair through the window. The other
1: was uh, my wife said, she doesn't tweet, but she sent me, hey, we went to see the Dane D- Oh, no. Said, what? Hey, dump, dump, <laughs> dump that. Dump, 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 dump. <laughs>
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> going great. <laughs> I got it. See, thank you. Thank you. This, this, is, you. this, this is why <laughs> the extra thirty minutes were critical today, fellas. Thank you, SMU football. We got that but greatness. But we, we dumped it, so nobody Thanks heard. It. Oh, they will on Friday.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was wondering, am I touching my face more because I'm aware of it, and it's like, or thinking about is this it? normal? You're thinking about it. Yeah. Okay,
0: the time I find myself touching my face the most is when I'm on the computer and I'm reading, I'm doing a long-form read, right? I'm just putting my hand, my chin on my hand, it's you okay. know, propping it up. okay, if you're sitting propping home, it up. though,
1: it's probably not terrible. No, I would hope not. Store, so how much you got? Touching yourself like that is not good.
0: <laughs> Mark. Mark. <laughs> so I jump ship in Hong Kong, and I make my way over to Tibet. I get on as a looper in a course of winter in Himalayas. A looper, a looper, you know, a caddy, a looper, Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro, Jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself, the twelfth son of the Lama, the flowing robes, the grace, bald, (sighs) striking. So I'm on a first tee with him. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one, big hitter, the Lama long, into a 10,000-foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the lama says? No. Gunga galunga. Gunga gunga gunga. So we finish 18, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know? And he says, oh, uh, won't be any money but when you die. On your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I got that going for you, which is nice.
1: Well, good morning, everybody on the ticket. The first live show of the morning. Am I allowed to say that? No? Don't no, dump that then, Jay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think
2: anybody's going to be the wiser. But good morning,
1: everybody. If you, it's 8 o'clock on Saturday mornings, you have the T box on the ticket, I'm Craig Rosengarden. And with me is my steady sidekick for the month of March, Eli Jordan. Off Born to a Eli. flying
2: start as usual this morning.
1: Yeah, why not? Hey, you know we had a little Caddyshack little blurb in there, snippet. Would you call that a snippet? Sure, we can okay. go with that.
2: Yeah. It's and not Jason a blurb.
1: Sobel, Jason Sobel was uh, doing a um, poll on Twitter. And he said, "What's the greatest?" He did like a bracket of best golf movie. And, uh, there's no doubt, right? No, what number one is? Ten cup. Caddyshack two. Caddyshack. <laughs> code Lord, <laughs> oh, God. Caddyshack, Caddyshack. but. A lot of people had votes for Dead Solid Perfect. It's a good one. Never saw it.
2: Really? No. It's hard to find. Like it you can't it's not really ever been on released like on D V D or anything. A lot of it was shot out at, at Glen Gardens in Fort Worth.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be before, it, before
2: it closed. In. There were a couple of scenes that were filmed at Colonial, I believe, as well. In fact, a guy I went to high school with, his grandmother was an extra in that movie. She's, like, you can see her in the background. Really? One of the scenes that was shot at Colonial. Yeah. That would be
1: probably cool. I almost would watch that every week if I was in a movie. Like, if I was, like, you know, in The Rock and somebody was slitting my throat because I was a bad <laughs> the guy. Rock. Fuck <laughs> just, hey, let's go watch The Rock. Uh, I right. bring that up because on The Ringer this week, they talked about how in the 90s Nicholas Cage was like a was like the well, I'll tell you exactly how they said it it was like really? I never looked at him that way. How Nicholas Cage, let me find it, let me find it. I mean, he was was uh, like pretty pretty when Nicholas Cage A-lister. became the biggest action star of the 90s.
2: I don't disagree he with that.
1: He was in Con Air and The Rock and what else?
2: Eight uh, millimeter, which was a terrible, depraved, awful movie. But um, yeah, he's—I mean, he was in several action flicks in the nineties. Okay. Didn't he get nominated for an Oscar too for Leaving Las Vegas? Did he win an Oscar? He won. He, he won the Oscar for yeah. that. That's a great movie. Not an action movie by any stretch, but
1: yeah, but yeah he was Face Off. He was in Face that's Off. That's true. Didn't that's another see that. one.
2: Yep, that's another one. Yeah, I saw Face Off, but it probably was within six months of its theatrical release.
1: And if you had young kids, you've seen National Treasure 650 times. See, I
2: never saw that one.
1: Really? Mm. Great movie. Yeah, it actually is. Actually, is. All right, well, we're burying the lead because we're here. Well, we'll tell you where we are in a minute. We are
2: here. That's are. correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're not But wrong. there's a
1: lot of golf to talk about. And uh, we'll tell you what we're going to talk about and where we are and who's with us.
4: Next on Sports Radio ninety and thirteen ten the ticket
1: eight eleven on the ticket you got the T box Rick and Eli today and we are at the greatness of Crest Cars over in the Infinity section I'll give you a great story on Crest in a minute before but before we do that got to tell everybody who's here it's me and you on the show we got current engineering as as usual hello. We got our board op back. Nice. Jay King is back.
2: I feel oh. like uh Creighton did a nice job filling in. He did, yeah. but
1: it's just you know, yeah. I'm usually not the formatics guy and so I need my little Binky and my Binky is Jay. <laughs> and so I'm glad I will to have I'm him glad on. I'm not gladly your binky. be your binky. Is Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound good, did it? No. <laughs> no. Alright, like, forget I said that. No, no, and, no. Uh, I'll take the compliment. Thank right, you. Good, good. And we have the same taste in movies. So I always can t- give you hints and tips and say, watch this from back in the day. And it always says, yeah, it's worthy. So. I enjoyed
2: Fletch. I mean,
1: it's dumb comedy, but I laughed. And if
2: I laughed throughout the whole movie, then it did its job.
1: Yes. Fletch was funny. Underrated and funny. Probably and have, not underrated.
2: Doesn't have to be an Academy Award winner. Nope.
1: Nope. And then doing tickers twice an hour is the great Jonathan Dodd. He's back as well. Hey, morning, Greg. Morning. So, great Crest car story. Okay. So, we have a golf buddy in the golf business. Says, hey, thinking my wife wants an Infinity. Should I send her to Crest? I said, yeah. Can I send her without me? I said, yeah. Have her go look at cards. They're good guys over there. If you want me to, you know, set up an appointment for you, I can. So... He, his wife comes by herself, and she falls in love with a QX55. Yes, that car right there. And that one's pretty. And so they come back two days later, because our buddy was, was traveling. And he says to her, look, I love that car too. But don't get your hopes up. It's out of our price range. And... He sits down at the table, and they come back, and they said, what do you need? And he said, well, I kind of needed this, and I don't feel bad. They came back, and they gave him his price. Nice. How about that? Yeah. So you know what he did yesterday? What's that? He traded in his car. Got another one? Got another one. Nice. How about that? Very cool. So our good buddy is now has two Infinities from Crest Cars, and that was uh, an unpaid Endorsement. There you go. Maybe he can come in and get breakfast from Big E, as it is a great little breakfast. But I, you've got a gazillion specials of what they're offering this week. And, I do. And I'm not sure anything can be better than that story. Well, it? that's
2: true, but you can come check out their uh, Crest Select Pre-Owned Center and see their certified pre-owned Cadillacs, Infinities, and premium pre-owns. So you can do that. If you want a Cadillac, a 2022 Escalade, they're in stock. They have limited availability, but you can still order one today as well. And uh, the all-new Infiniti 2022 QX60, they have incoming units. You can reserve or order yours today. So yeah, come on out and see us.
1: I had one of those once. It's a decent, it's a decent car, and probably the best um, entry-level luxury three-seat, three-row. Car. Yes, agreed. So, yes, good stuff. Come on over and see us, and like I said, they got Ernest Barbecue here. You can get a hell of a breakfast and have some good old fun. So, um, before we outline the show, I'm really happy that this is the first week in a lo- first Saturday in a long time where the sun is out, and it's and I'm, I'm the first, and I can't believe that you're not maybe the first time. In seven or eight months, they came to the Saturday show with shorts on.
2: You are wearing shorts, yeah, You're showing off the, the new skinny stems you've got there.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I
2: did. it was a little chilly this morning, so I put on the, the pullover and the, in the, in the it joggers. Can, but it could be
1: 16 degrees out and you have shorts on. That's only. not
2: true. I don't know. Why Why do I get painted with that brush that I wear shorts you all the time? Because you like
1: you always. I'm freezing my butt off in the office. Here comes Eli with shorts on. And
2: I do wear shorts a lot just because mainly they're more comfortable. But if it's chilly in the morning, I'll wear pants sometimes. I'm just not a big jean guy. Like, I like to wear, you know, like joggers or... Khakis. I'm not a big uh, jeans person.
1: Have you done the joggers thing yet, The like the formal joggers yeah, for golf? Got some on right now. All right, there you go. Yeah, they're not bad. Er- Eric Van Roaring it up. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I yes. had one pair, and since I've lost all this weight, I can't fit in them anymore, and I sent them to my dad. Mm-hmm. Think those joggers are a good look for an 85-year-old man? I
2: don't see why not. I think you can get away with anything at that age, whatever you want to wear. You want to wear sweats everywhere? Knock yourself out. A velour suit? T-shirt? You bet. You know, if you want to dress like Polly Walnuts from Sopranos. Fine. <laughs> at 85, you've earned the right to dress and do pretty much whatever you want. Within reason, obviously, but there's yeah. not a lot of things that you can do wrong at 85.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, this uh, segment is brought to you by um, Club Corp. It is? Yes, it okay. is. I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> and they, they have the uh, Club Corp Classic coming up in a few weeks. And um, you, uh, you did a story coming up in April. You have a story on uh, Larry the Cable Guy. That's correct. He was I got, a, playing. I got
2: a chance to interview Larry the Cable Guy about a week and a half ago. Really nice guy. Talked to him for about half an hour.
1: So 23 years I've been doing the magazine. And I'm thinking that when I started it, I never thought that we'd have on the cover... A guy in a cut-off flannel shirt. Mm, yeah, he saw the cover last last week and brought it in. It's like, yeah, I never thought that would be a cover on our on our magazine. Ever.
2: Yeah, I never would have thought uh, whenever I started in the media business, however long ago that I would ever get a chance to interview Larry the Cable Guy. But here we are. But yeah, nice guy. It's a good story. Um, really likes golf. He's Used to be an athlete. He played some uh, college. He baseball. used to be an athlete. He played college baseball wow. at the Division three school. But yeah, he said he he had a good fastball. Just really couldn't throw much of a curveball. But I think he played at a small school down in uh, Georgia. That's no longer there. It was a Division three school. But yeah. yeah, said he he loved baseball. And then you know once he kind of got uh, got old enough to to stop doing that and playing softball and everything that he um, yeah took up golf. So good story you? and a, a really nice guy. So.
1: So here's an interesting question. So Club Corp has said, "Hey, look, we can get you some guests on your sh- on your show,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Kern and Jay, you can pipe in on this." And they want to know, do we want celebrities? Mm-hmm. Because there's a bunch of celebrities coming. It's a it's a one of those.
2: The field is fantastic, by the way. They've got Aaron Rodgers, Emmett Smith, DeMarcus Ware, Larry the Cable Guy, Alfonso Ribeiro. Um,
1: Yeah. You mentioned. (laughs) Because
2: he's Carlton from The Fresh Prince, and you leave him alone. He's famous. (laughs) But yes, they've got a good field. So they have asked several times if we want to interview any of these people. Yes.
1: So my question is the last email we got from their uh, PR firm is would you rather have some celebrities or would you rather have some players? So And
2: your answer was?
1: I, like, I don't – is everybody interested in hearing Alfonso Ribeiro but, talk about golf? Okay, or that's, that's do fair. Or you want to bring on Corey Pavin, who's a member out at Last Clans Country Club, and talk about how they're going to play that golf course? But
2: here's my question for you. You could probably get Corey Pavin to come on the show just about any time, right? Okay, Maybe. So how often do you think you'd be able to get one of these celebrities on? Hey,
1: what's that guy's name?
2: Anthony Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, he's also in the field. He's funny. Uh-huh, yeah. Josh Beckett, Tim Brown. Oh, Joe Carter, that's a new addition.
1: That's yeah, a, but if we had one. Joe Carter on the show, are people excited about Joe Carter? I don't
2: know, man. Hit a walk-off home run the World Series. Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, who's that guy? That's Greg Maddox. Oh, yeah, it sure is.
2: Yeah, I mean they've got they've got a lot of good celebrities, Tony it's Romo. actually a really good feed. All right, if
1: Tony Romo would come on the air, has has anybody ever had Tony on the air on the ticket since I'm he retired?
2: Sure. No, I don't know about since he retired, but I'm I'm certain at some point they had him on for interviews when he was still playing. Ooh, Mark Rippin. that's a that's a good one. Well, here's the thing: Super Bowl I don't think like anybody. Ooh, Timmy he, Wakefield. I don't
1: think anybody here in town cares about Mark Ripon. He's a really good player.
2: Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying is, like, you're talking about, oh, well, we should have Corey Pavin on. Well, okay, but you can get Corey Pavin to come on probably any time you want with, what, one text message, maybe two. You're not more than, like, a phone call away from getting Corey Pavin on any week you want him, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like, some of these celebrities, like, you're probably not going to get them to come on the show, but they will because they're helping promote this event. Like, if you wanted to talk to John Smoltz or Mark Rippin or, you know.
1: uh, He brought him up again. Alfonso Rivera.
2: Yeah, or, yeah, one of those guys. I mean, if you want to talk to one of them, this might be, you so, want, might so they, be your only opportunity. So to the, do the first
1: one they brought us, they said, hey, guys, we can bring you Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> do you guys want Vinny Del Negro on the air? How, how about it? And I'm thinking Vinny Del Negro. I mean, I know who Vinny Del Negro is, and he was a good basketball player, but who's going to – I don't know. I
2: mean, I, I don't think he's the most exciting name you could possibly book. But at the same time, I think he's recognizable so you, enough. You
1: think Vinny Del Negro would be better than than Corey Pavin?
2: No, because Vinny Del Negro's he's not <laughs> local. If it was somebody that was, if he played for the Mavericks for like fifteen years, then Darren
1: maybe. Darren Williams, he's playing.
2: Um, I don't know what kind of interview he would be. Uh, he's from here. Did play for the Mavs yeah. for a little bit. So maybe, I mean, I think he's probably 1A, 1B. But again, my, my point remains, like, it, you can get Corey Pavin whenever you want to. You're probably not going to get Blair O'Neal unless she's in town for this event, which I think that's not a bad pull. All
1: right, so we'll request Blair O'Neill for next week. Okay. And we'll... I um, think she
2: would probably be a fun interview.
1: And we'll Zoom it, or we'll Facebook Live it or whatever so everybody can see. Oh, she won't be here. She'll be on the phone. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. You all right, yeah, bud?
2: yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> just that's just shot my wheels off, I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> I mean, we could have
2: Tim Tim Wakefield on and we could talk about him slinging the knuckleball up there. Little Timmy Wakefield.
1: Yeah, this isn't country four, so bud. It's it's But
2: it's, they're playing in a golf tournament that's here locally. True.
1: Know. True. All right, well we'll we'll
2: surprise you next week. We'll have somebody on next week. It'll forward. probably probably be Corey Pavin because you won't cave.
1: Like, no, I'll, I'll cave. Give us Corey, I'm all give in us Corey Pavin. If you're on, the, if you're on the next week, I'm going to let you pick whoever you want.
2: Not that there's not that there's anything wrong with Corey Pavin. Like like Corey Pavin won a US Open.
1: He did. Yeah, so he did. And uh, yeah, he lives here. Way, and uh, he lives here now. So that's he true. Could be listening.
2: And we are uh, actually. I, I know you are as well. But I'm I'm really looking forward to this event. Like I think it's going to be a really really fun. Time to go out there and see all these celebrities, and they're only I think selling like maybe ten thousand tickets per day, and so it's going to be a little more intimate. It's not going to be just super, super crowded out there. So I mean, if you want to get up close and you know see Aaron Rodgers or you know any of these other celebrities, that they'll be a little more accessible than if you were to go to a tournament that's really, really crowded. So it's, yeah,
1: and it's a little bit more when you go to a Champions Tour event, it's a little bit more uh, laid back than mm-hmm. a PGA tour event so um it's kind of more it's kind of you know it's more fun and it's more open you'll see dialogue it's uh I got a couple of caddies staying with me for the week Really for this yeah. for this event? Yeah. Nice. The guys who um they they've been coming to Dallas for since I've been here and they and uh so now their guys are on the Champions Tour and I was like hey want to stay? It's said, sure. So so yeah. So all right, well, let's line up uh, Lay out the show real briefly. So uh, at eight thirty, we're going to do leaderboards.
0: Got a couple you of tournaments. Got yeah, got, uh, the match uh, play. You got the match
1: play, which is kind of interesting, and a couple interesting t- things happen. You also have a a uh, event at Puta Corrales, and uh, see what's going on over there. At eight fifty, we'll do some masters talk. Who's going? Who's not? Who's in? Who's out? Who's kind of snuck in and who hasn't? Um, and uh, I have a graph of who who can make it, and there's a couple guys who still need to do something in the next couple days to be able to get in. At 9.10, we have more to life than golf, and you are. You're, it's all about Eli. You're doing um, – we're going to talk about Tiger's Clubs.
2: Well, yeah, we've got a couple of interesting auction items that went up for bid this last week that we want to mention at uh, 9.10. so.
1: Yeah, and then at uh, 9.30 – I have a really cool golf story about a golf club manufacturing company and it has to do with. Daiwa. No, it's not <laughs> Daiwa, but it has to do with a bunch of celebrities. It has to do with, it's got a local tie and put another company out of business. And I, I just find it fascinating. in the, the, craziest part of it is where their most famous set of irons, speaking of one set of irons, never got delivered. Really? And I'll tell you that story at 930.
2: Okay, I'm looking forward to that. This sounds like something that I have not heard before. So
1: Yes. So, coming up next, we'll go through the leaderboards this week. But first, we need to do our first live spot, and that is with Preston B&D. You know, you did a lot of home improvement in the last couple years, right?
2: Sure, yeah. You have.
1: I mean, and one thing that's what you need is you need a guy. And one of the biggest pains in the butt is when you need to go paint your house. Because painting sucks. It, you think it's easy, and it's really not. Because you can make a mess. you got to get into hard-to-reach places. you got to be consistent in your brushing of your strokes.
2: you got to buy all the stuff to do you it. you got to
1: buy all the stuff. And, you know, you can't get a discount because you're not a trade person. Well, I have a guy. And his name is Bourbon, and Bourbon does fantastic work. He did my house. He's done Rick's house, and he does it. just a tremendous, tremendous job. He's clean. He's efficient. He's he's priced really, really well at a at a, and just does a really, really good job. Go to PrestonPainting.com. That's PrestonPainting.com. Bourbon's cell phone number is listed there, and call him and say, Hey, Bourbon. If I buy a, if I paint my house with you, will you take me to play golf? And I guarantee you his answer is gonna be yes. So you get your house painted and you get to go play golf. Go to PrestonPainting.com. Prestonpainting.com. You will not regret it.
4: On sports radio 967 and 1310, the ticket. Uh, here? All right,
1: 830 on the ticket, 832 on the ticket. You got the T-Box? and Eli hanging out at CrestCars.com. They just went into their sales meeting and they said, Boy, Eli is cracking himself up this morning. Oh,
2: no, you're cracking me up. Are we here? Was...
1: <laughs> well, he kind of... <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, we're here. You know, you can step
1: in anytime you <laughs> no, want, pal. That's, no,
2: that's okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a weird way to phrase that. Like Instead of saying, oh, are we back on? Or, oh, are we on air? It's, are we here?
0: Yeah, and we are.
2: We are here.
1: <laughs> out of Crest Cars. They just went at their sales meeting. It is the last week of the month, last weekend of the month. So, uh, so when you
2: get the good deals, baby. They're
1: telling everybody right now, come on out and sell, sell, sell. And, um, you know, one of the coolest things with cars now are the painted brake calipers. I think that's cool looking.
2: It is a good look. I agree.
1: So that little... Q fifty right there, probably at least for, you know, three ninety nine a month or something like that. You can get yourself some really cool painted brake calipers. Big time. Absolutely. Yeah. Eight yeah. hey, eight fifty we'll talk uh, all masters because uh a notable um person not playing and uh, a couple other people we don't know whether they're gonna play or not. So uh mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. interesting talk. And uh I have a graph. He has a graph I have a graph. Okay. That's so very good, tell you that. But first, it, by the way, this uh, this segment brought to you by Arcus Golf. You can go play Cowboys Golf Club because it is in perfect shape. By the way, we had a TJGT event, Texas Junior Golf Tour event, out at Fossil Creek, and uh, Travis said that was in really good shape. So uh, Fossil Creek, yeah, it was.
2: It's been a minute since I've been out there. I need to go so, check it
1: out. Yeah, probably need to. So we'll do that. All right, they are playing <clears throat> down in Austin. So very cool. And uh, one of those golf courses that when you look at the pictures of it, it is on a bucket list for me. I completely agree with you. It's just so cool looking. Never been there.
2: And you've you've been to the Omni Barton Creek, which is right down the street, right? So you you cross over that bridge you you see in the background. You can see the course from the bridge. And when
1: you cross over that bridge, and I've been on that bridge a number of different times, and you see, I think it's three holes on that peninsula. Yes. And they're so cool looking. And Mm -hmm. you wonder how many times in life have they been completely underwater. And I don't know, because I've never seen them underwater. All I've seen them is beautiful. I just wonder how calls. many
2: golf balls are at the bottom of that water. Probably oh, a Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> because I bet the members routinely are just rinsing sleeve after sleeve well, in and, that little, little want, area. Because that's a river,
1: right? That's a big river. The Colorado River, yeah. Yeah. But so, and that moves. It's got. But when you are hitting into a lake somewhere... You know, the golf courses hire somebody to go get all the golf balls out of there. Mm-hmm. I wonder in the Colorado River if anybody's going, I mean, that's public property.
2: I don't know. Probably. Maybe. All
1: right, so there are 16 guys left. And one of the, I, look, I like the match play, especially right now during March Madness. It's kind of cool, you know. March Madness has has Their uh, bracket. has St. Peter's. Yeah. We've got Richard Brand. You know, it, it, it's cool stuff. But I can't stand the group stage.
2: They're okay. The one the one thing I do like about kind of the group stage is the, the sudden-death playoffs. Like the sudden-death playoff for not only winning your match, but then advancing out of the group. And we got to see a couple of those like kind of sudden-death playoffs to advance out of the group play yesterday, which was kind of cool.
0: Well,
1: what's not cool is it's like Scotty Scheffler, for example, he beat Tommy Fleetwood and then had to go play in a playoff against Tommy Fleetwood.
2: Which is bizarre, but yes, he yeah. should
1: he should win that tiebreaker, right?
2: You would think if he won the individual match, yeah. yes, they would they would count that as a tiebreaker. But I don't know. I mean i i like the I like the whole idea of it. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I think the group plays a little bit strange. They need to maybe streamline it a little yeah. bit. But uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, once you get into the knockout rounds, then it becomes a lot of fun. And we've got some some big names that made it through. I mean, there are a few that that. Just kind of wilted, but... uh,
1: We got some interesting matchups today.
2: Really good ones, yes.
1: So the first one, and they're already on the golf course. Mm -hmm. But last year's final pairing... Yep. Scotty Scheffler and Billy Horschel playing against Mm -hmm. each other. Which is... How cool is that?
2: That's, yeah. A rematch of the championship match from last year. Yeah.
1: And uh, since then, Scotty Scheffler's won twice. And he is down one through five right now against Billy Horschel. You have a, a weird pairing of Seamus Power and Terrell Hatton. Both of those guys have been playing very well lately. Mm-hmm. And Seamus Power is playing very well today. He is... No, he's not. He is even par, and he's three up through four holes. So he's
2: not playing well. Terrell Hatton's just playing
1: poorly. And just... <laughs> you know he's probably erupting.
2: Yeah, right he's uh, he's got a little bit of a... He runs a little hot.
1: Okay, this one... Kind of intrigues me because Dustin Johnson, who, by the way, he changed putters two weeks ago, and is killing it on the greens. He is number one in strokes strokes gained putting, plus six for the week so far.
2: Sometimes all you got to do is just make that switch,
1: and something happens. Yep. Hey, I'm putting really well right now. I don't believe you. Yes. Okay. Yes. I got a tip from Joel Edwards.
2: Well, okay, all right. And he what was at, the tip? And
1: the and the tip was, he said he looked at me. He was he played about fourteen holes with me. We were playing, and he says, "Buddy, you got to get your head out of your ass. You just need. It's a to, good tip. You just need to go up there and hit the ball. It's a good tip. Go hit the ball. Stop screwing around. Stop overthinking. Do all your thinking. Do whatever, and then when you're ready to hit, just go up and hit the ball. Just pull the trigger. And it has changed my putting. It has absolutely changed my putting. Your so brain was getting in the way. My That's never happened before. <laughs> so, yes, I'm actually rooting for Richard Brand. Bland. Richard Bland, thank Bland. you, Richard yeah. Bland, for a main reason that I'll tell you next segment.
2: Okay. It's
1: a but teaser. I, but I do like Dustin Johnson, so, um, you know, I, it, it's a match that if I was at home right now, I'd probably be watching. Well,
2: Richard Bland with the early lead, two, yeah, up, he, two up through three.
1: Wow, that's just chain thing because I only have one up through two. So yes, go Richard Bland. Brooks Kepkin and John Rahm. So this is kind of like a Ryder Cup matchup. Yeah,
2: this is a really good match. I'm kind of upset that I'm going to miss a pretty good chunk of it. Yeah, this morning.
1: John Rahm did what he needed to do to get through. Kepka was undefeated, and uh, he, you know what? I'd keep an eye on him. I don't know if he's a if the Masters if Augusta is a right place for him but i would i would say that he's probably going to be back in contention in the ma- in the majors
2: yeah brooks kepka is just such an anomaly to me he he seems to prioritize the major events like this the mini wec event the major championships and then he goes out there like in just random tournaments and it just seems like he just does not care i mean do you really truly think he just doesn't care about these just kind of lower mid-level tournaments.
1: Let me tell you something. When you're at that level, when you show up to play, you're playing the win. I'm sorry. See,
2: that I would I would tend to agree with you. I think that that's the way most guys view any tournament. Is when I'm when I'm teeing it up, I'm teeing it up to to take home the trophy on Sunday. Kepka, to me seems like he do, legitimately doesn't care about some of these smaller tournaments. I mean, he misses a lot of cuts, and these are tournaments that you know sometimes or a lot of times he should be. One of the three or four favorites on the golf course, and then you look, and he's like ten shots back after the first two days.
1: And I think he's hurt. I think he. I think his knee's not nearly where it was. At least it wasn't last year. And I think maybe he's a little bit better. But look, he's still he's still top twenty in the in the world, mm-hmm. and with not doing anything last year, so he still has a, those skins. I, look, even I last week, my son was in town, and we went and played two on two basketball and i'm dying i my age i should not be playing with these kids and it got to the end it's like no i'm i'm on the court I'm, we're playing to win and i i went out and I strapped it on and couldn't breathe for three days afterwards but i and i can't imagine that a guy at brooks kepka's level or tiger woods level i always see a tiger doesn't care about this vendor that he made over 100 cuts he cared and i think Kepka cares too. I think maybe he's dabbling in certain things or working on certain parts of his game. Who knows? But yeah. It sounded to me when I listened to his in his interviews that he this was this was on his radar for sure. By the way, did you see him do the old tin cup while he was on the driving range the other day? No, uh-huh. He pulled the uh, Don Johnson. He, um, there was a bunch of kids asking for or adults asking for autographs. And he Kinda gave the do you do I come to I'm trying to work here. Do oh, I come no. to, do I come to your office and <laughs>
2: ask, for your, ask for your autograph? I don't
1: think so. <laughs> he was actually funny. What an
2: ugly dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was actually funny. All right, Kevin Kisner and Adam Scott, a that one doesn't hit me. Um, Kevin
2: Kisner, is there has there been a player in recent memory, say over the last decade, that has done more with less? Don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but good guy, too. there is absolutely nothing about his game that is flashy or overly impressive, and yet he has a bunch of wins and he seems to always kind of just be hanging around. He's, around. he's just a he's a bulldog.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, he is a Georgia Bulldog. Yes, and uh, he's playing Adam Scott. Adam Scott surprised me. He had a he had a group that I didn't think he was gonna come through and he did. did he um, wear that
2: same tan sweater, or did he finally Get rid of that! No, not a good look for him. He wore though. the same tan sweater for like five straight rounds. It was so weird.
1: Yeah, Will's out, Good old Will. He uh, he gets through. He's playing Kevin nah this this uh, today. I I don't know how Kevin Na does it.
2: I don't either. I, I, but, that's another guy, Kevin. You know, I asked if anybody had done more with less. Kevin Na might have done more with less than Kisner.
1: Yes, I mean, and he continues to do it. You know, I, I watch Kevin Na because he's one of the few guys out there, especially Americans, who never went to college, just decided to turn pro, and and made it. I mean, he made it. He he, he His dad drove him around the mini tours, and he went in that route. Then he you know qualified for the Corn Ferry or whatever it was called back then, and did what he did what it took to get into the have a career and. You don't see people at that level doing. You saw Justin Leonard do it after a couple of years of college, and and you know get some sponsors exemptions and go. He did it from the ground up, and um, that's not very easy. All right, so two uh, matches not finished, uh, not started yet. Takumi Kanaya.
2: Yep, nailed it.
1: Playing Corey Connors. There's another one. Corey Connors. I don't know how he does it, but that guy just wins too, and and he's good. And then the final. I- Uh, Colin Morcow is playing Abe. answer. Colin Morcow yesterday was playing uh, Jason Kokrak.
2: Sure. We'll go with that.
1: I'm saying yes. Um, And he had to. uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, or him. (laughs) Oh, we have Dan Marino.
2: Dan Marino. Yes, it was Jason Kokrak. You're correct.
1: And uh, he had to win or tie that match to go on. And uh, I I watch them grinding on eighteen, and I don't I don't see I don't think of Colin Morikawa as a long hitter. Do you?
2: Uh, I mean, I would say he's probably in the top third.
1: Probably top third, but he's not Luke List or Cam Champ or or any of those or or Bryson DeChambeau. First guy yesterday drives a green on eighteen. Kind of put the hammer down right there. Mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. And you talk about a guy who just, when he needs another gear.
2: That match really intrigues me because I feel like these are probably two of the best overall iron ball strikers on tour. Abe Anser, not really necessarily known for his length, but he's a really, really good he's iron bl- player. Orkawa might be the a- best iron player in the world. Abe
1: is probably one of the shorter, player, shorter hitters on tour. He's
2: probably the shortest hitter remaining in these 16. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he might, he so. might
2: be able to mail it past Richard Bland, who's like, what, 60.
1: He's 49. <laughs>
2: but yes. Black. That might be the only guy that Abe answers hitting it further than.
1: Okay, so they are playing at, uh, there's a side side deal in uh, the Dominican Republic, Punta Cana. Mm-hmm. Place I've always wanted to go. I've never been to the Dominican Republic. Really? No. I kind of want to go. Um, got
2: enough connections to where you could probably. Weasel your way into a media trip down there, I would guess.
1: Yeah, well, I, if I knew an editor of a golf publication that could help me out on that. I, you're,
2: you're the president <laughs> of the company. You don't need my help.
1: <laughs> I am taking one of my first press trips in over 20 years, though, in two weeks. I'm going to Hot Springs, Arkansas.
2: Oh, buddy. All right. Hot that? Springs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not really on a real trip. I'm going by myself, but I'm... Yeah. I'm going to have to write which means you're going to have to heavy edit
2: oh really you're going to actually write the feature too i don't know
1: i'm i'm going with uh moose our buddy moose and he can write for us and i'm gonna i'm gonna beg him as i feed him jack daniels that should write help. the story for me so we'll see anyway ben martin is leading um and alex smalley is uh, in second Alex smalley he's a graduate from the corn fair, he's got some skills um keep an eye on that name but I'm going down all the way to the bottom, and I'm looking at a guy named Parker McLachlan who shot an 87. It's a tough one. And I'm wondering, who is this guy? Did you know who he was? I've heard of him. So he is a winner on the PGA Tour, and uh, he withdrew after the 87, which, yeah, you I know, he's probably, probably slowing people down. Pulled a on that, too. He did win the... Legends of Reno Tahoe Open in 2008 It's a while ago but I'm thinking okay who is this guy I'm going to look at his personal interest stuff his dad who played basketball at Stanford was the high school basketball coach for Barack Obama
2: hmm. interesting
1: right and his mom was the captain of the 1976 U.S. Olympic volleyball team all right. So, and, he, and the biggest tidbit of him was he plays a lot of golf with Michelle Wee. That's
2: a very interesting claim to fame.
1: Yep. So, anyway, but I'm looking at, okay, who is he? His, uh, shooting an 87, I'm sure he's not getting invited
2: So, back. the 87, like, did, did he take like a 12? He had to have taken a 12 or a 15, a hole or something ridiculous, he right? He took it
1: on the 18th hole, which he started on 10. He took a ten. That'll do it. He took a ten, and how many? He had two penalty shots. So uh, he, yeah, eighty-seven. I think I got even on a PGA tour course.
2: Probably so. Yeah.
1: I'm not. I'm at least I'm winning that hole.
2: Yes, you're winning that hole.
1: Okay, so that segment was brought to you by who? City of Arlington. City of Arlington, sure. They've it's got cool. an event coming up in a couple of weeks in uh, at the Texas Rangers. they got a Corn Ferry event coming mm-hmm. up. So uh, that's very, very cool.
2: Did you know, Craig, that the Texas Rangers Golf Club, it was voted the best new venue on the Corn Ferry schedule last year? Really? By the players, yeah. So they really, uh, really enjoyed the golf course, and they'll be in town again here in a couple of weeks to play the uh, magical Texas Rangers Golf Club, which is over in my uh, hometown of Arlington, and I've had a chance to play it. I don't know, probably a dozen or so times now, and it's a fantastic layout, and the Corn Ferry guys really love it.
1: That's awesome, and I do. I enjoy that golf course, too. It's really, really fun. If you played it when it was Chester Ditto, you won't recognize it.
2: It is not the same thing, no. (laughs) All
1: right, coming up next, we have Masters Talk. Some guy's in, some guy mm, we don't know yet, and one guy needs to win today. We'll tell you all about that. But first, let's talk about one of your favorite places, Eli, PGA Tour Superstores. They've
2: got one of those in Arlington now, too.
1: They do. How much money has that cost you? A lot. And I will tell you, I every time we come to Crest, because there's one on, one around the corner here, I always make a stop. Because there's always something that I need. Lost a little weight, need a new wardrobe, title's got new wedges out, might want to take a look at them. the you know, the Srixon's got that new diamond ball. See if they've got any in stock.
2: Whatever you need, they've got it at PGA Tour Superstore.
1: Yes, and by the way, by listening to the T-Box, you can get a deal. Because you can get $20 off your first 100 if you just mention the T-Box when you're checking out. Or, let's say you want that new Callaway Rogue Driver. It's not discounted anywhere. <clears throat> at, at checkout, you can just say T-Box. Checkout person will look at you and go, and he'll take 50 bucks off $250. That's right. If you so spend
2: that, $250, they'll take 50 off.
1: All you got to do is mention the T-Box, and you will get that discount. You also can get a free club fitting. All you got to do is put in T-Box. You have to book it online for a fitting. It's a, a $300 value or something close to that, maybe more, but it's worthy. And, uh, you know, everybody's got that technology to do the fittings, and PG Trooper Stores got it, and you can go get that expert club fitting for free just put in the tee box so as rick says pga tour superstore if they don't have it you don't need it on
4: sports radio 96 7 and thirteen ten. the tick
1: got a little little feet turn music big concert tomorrow night
4: you're
2: uh, really looking forward to yes, I okay. yes i am yes i am
1: I'm very much looking to it my all And they don't favorite.
2: have like any of the same original members. Yes right? they do. Like, just, like one of them?
1: No, they have a bunch. Do they? Yeah, they do. Of how many? All of all the ones that are that didn't die are still there. All <laughs> that
2: didn't die or still there. Probably it's <laughs>
1: not. That didn't come out right there. Did it? <laughs>
2: so what? Uh, yeah. No, you
1: got your keyboard player still there and your your uh, percussionist is still there and your bass player and uh yeah, I mean, they're still there. So and their uh second guitar player. So, yeah. It's very fun bringing somebody your age with me. Another couple are coming with us okay. and they're your age. So, uh, they're into live music and mm-hmm. Is um, it at the uh, Echo Lounge? No, it's at uh, Majestic, I think. Oh, Majestic. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, so if you're uh if you're going to Little Feet tomorrow night, come say hi to me cuz I will be there. At nine ten, it's all about Eli because uh, he is very intrigued about a couple things that are on auction right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think he will be intrigued as well. I know I was.
1: So, but first we need to talk about the Masters.
2: And this segment, brought to you by Hams Meat and Market up in McKinney. Go see uh, Tony and Sarah Smith up there. A couple of our good uh, our good friends.
1: I everything you've brought back from Hams is awesome. It, I have enjoyed it. Immensely. Yeah, they've and got all I... kinds
2: of locally sourced products up there, steaks and chicken and pork. And if you uh, we haven't tried you can any put of it of on his... a smoker, they've got it.
1: We haven't tried any of his sausages yet. I've got some at the house. Do you? I do. I in. Oh, like, I think those
3: were ribeyes you posted the other day. Oh,
1: my yes, gosh. That was. Yeah, they were. They weren't even cooked
2: awesome.
3: yet. and those
1: looked fantastic.
2: Yeah. Like the, the raw meat experiment guy would love it. <laughs>
1: All meat experiment guy. Who's that? That's, oh, that's, uh, I'll show you during
2: the next break. A we, don't have, we don't have. We don't time he's to, get need into to that see that right now.
1: But, <laughs> uh, no, I'm no. thinking probably not. <laughs> okay, it is Masters Week next week. Not next week, the week after, and a startling—no announcements, but something startling happened during the week, and that is the Masters puts in who's playing and who. Who, all they have is who's playing, and then right. winners, past winners who are not playing Past this year, champions, that's Past correct. champions.
2: And they have a lifetime exemption, yes?
1: I think it changed to 65, uh, okay. or maybe that's the British. I mean, essentially lifetime. Yes. I mean, they basically yes.
2: play until they're too old. And though. they
1: always play the Par 3 tournament. That's true, and... which is a
2: very fun watch. But yes, so basically they've got their, on their website, they update it a few weeks before the tournament and it has who alls in the field and then it has a separate page that just tells you past champions that are no that are not competing this year
1: correct all right and somewhere this week the name of Phil Mickelson moved from in the field to past champions not not competing
2: which is strange because Phil Mickelson won a major last year and yes, I mean, I know that it's not very likely that he's going to go out and win the Masters, but he's won it multiple times. He's been in the field every year since, what, 94? Mm hmm. So what happened?
1: And we're all speculating because he, here's the thing, he did come out and just trash the tour. And kinda of went to say, hey, this Saudi tour I'm I've been endorsing and I've been working behind the scenes to get it going. Even though the Saudis are really bad people, I'm still working on this because it's it, it needs to be done. And he got blasted. All of his sponsors but Callaway have left him. And Callaway basically just said we're taking a pause. So I thought it was genius by the way. Take a pause. You know, I mean, um, we're not leaving you, but we're also not saying. We're saying, here's the thing. We've seen pros do a lot of bad things. Pro stars do a lot of bad things. This was rhetoric. You do anything bad? No,
2: I mean, th- he bit
1: the hand that fed him.
2: There's no doubt. Which is which is. Not the smartest thing you can do. No, but
1: well, so, it's not so, a good—it's not a good look to the to the guys like us who make an average living.
2: No, it's certainly not Act, acting as if the PGA Tour doesn't pay their players enough. When you're talking about. A guy who's probably worth somewhere around what seven hundred million dollars or some somewhere in that neighborhood ish.
1: If he still has it, yeah.
2: It, right, assuming he hasn't gambled all of it away. But I, I just, yes, you're correct. Like to the average Joe, like myself, that that are you know scraping by, trying to make a living, and trying to you know figure out how to keep food on the table, as the price of everything's skyrocketing. It's it's insulting to our intelligence to see someone that's. Ditching about, oh, it's a, the tour doesn't pay their players enough, and they need to go to this Saudi league. When you're worth like seven hundred million dollars, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. So, so my my thought is it could be one of a couple of things that's going on here. One, Augusta National doesn't want the negative publicity. They just said, hey, man, we love you, but sit this year out because we don't want we don't want the the, the media to make this about you. We want to showcase the golf course. We want to showcase the best players in the world. You're no longer considered kind of on that list of the best players in the world. Well, wait
1: a minute. It's been 11 months since he won a major. I
2: completely agree. What's his current world rank?
1: It's... Not good, but okay. he's won a major. Okay. He's one of the, He's understood. a reigning major champion right now, and
2: he's also a very recognizable name. But yes, I think they want to focus more on the younger type players like Will Zalatoris and Colin Morikawa sure. and John Rahm, sure, and even Jordan Spieth to an extent. They want the focus to be on those guys, not. The media following around hounding Phil Mickelson, asking him questions about, oh, well, you know, what do you think about, you know, the Saudi Golf League and all this other stuff? They don't want the attention to be taken away from their tournament and put on Phil Mickelson. That's one. The second thing is I think there's a possibility, and I don't know how likely this is. You can give your opinion here momentarily, that the PGA Tour has somehow suspended Phil Mickelson for, call it, conduct detrimental to the tour. And he's just not going to be able to compete for a while, kind of like what they did with Dustin Johnson, kind of under the table type of deal where he was suspended. And everybody kind of knew why, but they just never said it publicly. That's the other thing I think could be going on. And, I, and you can give me your thoughts.
1: Well, I, those are two separate things. And and the The thing that's interesting to me is, well, it doesn't matter. The PGA Tour doesn't have any jurisdiction over the Masters.
2: That's correct. But I would imagine that if the PGA Tour says, hey, Mickelson's suspended, the Masters isn't going to go, well, we want him there, so to hell with you.
1: Yeah. And I would say the masters would usually say that. Look, he's earned his right to be in there. He's going to get an invite, and he's he's there.
2: It just seems like a weird hill to die on. Like if you're if you're Augusta National, you have plenty of good. They don't they don't need Phil Mickelson to get ratings. No. They don't. No. If this was Tiger Woods, they might fight him a little bit, and, and CBS might step in and say, "Hey, uh, look, guys, like if, if you're not going to let Tiger play, like we would really appreciate you doing that because the ratings are." a zillion times better whenever Tiger plays. Mickelson doesn't move the needle like that. I know he does a little bit, he does but more it's than, not like Tiger. I think he
1: does more than you think. I don't think so. He, does, he doesn't He does to the – look, you and I have talked about this for a lot this week because guys in the golf media see right through him. He's not
2: – People that have been around for the last 15 to 20 years that have been kind of running in those golf – circles and it doesn't even necessarily have to be media i mean Mm -hmm. i i heard stuff about this 20 years ago before i even got into Mm -hmm. into radio and certainly before i started working in in the golf circles that he's just that he's he's kind of fake he's he's
1: he's fig jam that's his nickname on door Fig Jam, and and he was looked at that term's been used a lot lately now he's for the other o- people the OG but he jam. was the original yeah he's the, go- the
2: goat of fig jams
1: and uh and and he was i mean he's a guy i was like you know hey enough about me let's talk about what you think about me kind of guy right? right and he was always that way and 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 he's he was tough look i i think he's become kinder in general like tiger tiger will talk to him now tiger would never talk to him before true and so i and i think he's become kinder in general what he did was ridiculous like we said, it was ridiculous. But he didn't break any laws. He didn't. No. I mean, there was, there was nothing that was so bad. If the Masters looked at him and the, and the PGA Tour said, look, he, he, he challenged us. He said some really bad things. Screw him. Don't let him play. I think the Augusta would say, look, he's earned his right to play, and he doesn't. What's he done? Then
2: why isn't he playing?
1: I think it's, it's self-imposed.
2: You think he just said I'm I'm not going to do it this year like you do you think that in his mind he thinks he's so important that it's going to hurt the PGA Tour and Augusta National by not showing up this no, year
1: No, I think I've embarrassed myself so bad that I I need time. Time heals everything. So you you think this is time.
2: more of a I don't want to face the consequences type of deal. He doesn't want to stand up there in front of the media yes. and have to explain himself. Yes. That that's a reasonable theory.
1: Yes. And the next major he's defending champ.
2: I mean, you would think he's got to show up, right?
1: You would think. You would think. By the way, real quick. So one player still on the list of players competing is Tiger Woods. That's
2: correct. He's not. He's not on that list of past champions not competing.
1: So, and you saying there's a chance. What's your What do you put it at?
2: I think the odds are a little bit better than people might be giving credit for. I know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that think because Augusta National's so, uh, the terrain is so Hilly. difficult to walk for walking, four straight days. Well, maybe, it's not only
1: walking four straight days; you got still walk it the, you know, the practice rounds too. True, but I,
2: I think Tiger's he's got enough of the local knowledge about the golf course to where he didn't have to go out there and play and walk 18 holes it's not his first time there in fact when he won a couple years ago I think 96% of the reason he actually won is because he just knows every contour on every green and where to hit every single iron shot and just knows how to manage that golf course probably better than anybody that's breathing on the planet earth so I don't think that he needs a lot of practice time out on the golf course and I also don't think probably in his mind he feels like he's ready to compete at that level where he's going to have a chance to win, so I don't know that he would go out there and walk two practice rounds. He might just say, hey, if I'm going to play, I'm going to go out there and stick a peg in the ground Thursday morning and try and get through the 72 holes and see what just happens. Have, and, <laughs> and just
1: have fun. And just, and just you I, know, I don't enjoy just I, I don't think I can win, but I'm just going to be out here to compete and have fun with you guys. Yeah,
2: and and it, you know Tiger's not wired that way, so we'll see, but I think right now, I think the chances that he plays are like... I'm going to give it, like, 50-50.
1: Oh, I'm giving it 5%. 5%? I don't think he's playing. I, I just I, – I'm listening to him, and he's, he's still struggling walking. He's still – I don't you know, know how much
2: of that's not just mind games, dude. He is a, just a – he's a mental sniper. He, he's, yeah. he's always playing the game with competitors, and he's always done that. I'm not so sure that he's not better off than he's leading on. Or, at worst, he he's – He's healthier than he's telling everybody he is. That way, if he goes out there and does somehow end up in contention on Sunday, then it'll be an even – the legend will grow even more, you know? Yeah. If, if that makes sense to you. So I, Tiger's always been good at playing the the, the game. He's a yeah. master of psychological warfare. I just
1: think it was such a bad injury that – I agree. I I'm, i don't think he can hide this one. So Yeah,
2: that's true. But, boy, I mean, what are we now, uh, 13 months removed? It was last February, yeah. so I mean, it's it's been a minute, and and Tiger's been a physical freak his whole life. So I, all I, right, real let's, quick. Let's also not forget that he won the U.S. Open on a broken freaking leg. Yeah, so.
1: but he wasn't forty six years old That's, either. No, you're not wrong, but you know,
2: but he's been able to tough it out before. So. Things
1: hurt, the older you get, things hurt more.
2: Tell me about it.
1: Yes. Hey, by the way, want to? I want to give you somebody to root for really hard today. Okay. Forty nine year old Richard Bland. Mm-hmm. Wins today. He wins. He beats Dustin Johnson. He's in the Masters for his first time. Really? How about that?
2: So, but just just if he wins today.
1: If he wins today, he's in. He moves into the top fifty, and it's after okay. this. It's ranking on on uh, after this tournament, and he'll be in the top fifty. And he'll be in. He has to win or he, win, and he's in. And I look. I like. It's funny, I like Dustin Johnson more than most. I I just think he's fun to watch, and I like him. And But I think I'm rooting for Richard Bland. By the way, he's two up through five, too, Richard Bland. There you Bland go. Though, so. All right. Come on, Rich. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> Look, he's 49 years old. How many more chances does he have to get to the Masters? Zero. Yes. That's, that's probably it. That's cool as hell. So go Richard Bland. All right. Coming up next, you have... Some auction items that uh, I actually bid on. And we'll see how close I am to winning this coming up next. But first, we need to talk about Pierce Wingoff. Our good bunny, Anthony Broussard, and his staff over at Pierce Wingoff, over in Addison. Let me tell you something. He has improved my game immeasurably. And Thursday, for the first time, I I saw a little bit of... uh, Missing in my driver for the first time since I went and got some lessons from him. Need to go back this week because he'll fix me right away. He will fix me right away. You've been over there. It's a great little place.
2: Yeah, it's a great facility. Absolutely. Peace. All the technology you could want.
1: It Look, it's all science, right? They'll tell you exactly how to swing the golf club better, what you need to be doing, how you need to be doing it. He'll make you draw the ball. He can make you fade the ball. He can make you hit the line dry. He, can make, he is amazing. And by the way, if you're a beginner, his staff will help you become a, a, be able to get the ball off the ground and hit the ball and have fun playing. And if you're a good player, he can turn you into a great player. It's really, really good stuff. Go to pureswinggolf.com, pureswinggolf.com. If you go this week, maybe may even see Eli and me there. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Tick. At 9.30, I've got a golf story. I think it'd be kind of interesting—the rise and fall of a of a smaller golf brand. But anybody my age and your age too will know this brand for one main reason, and the, one of the the reason for its demise is something that I never knew and was shocking. So, uh, I'll tell you that story at
2: 9:30. Can't wait to hear it.
1: But first, this is all about Eli. He's wanting to do this segment. He's come into my office a few times this week and talked about this to the point I even did something about it.
2: Okay. Can't wait to hear what you did. I'm sure it'll be something else. But, yeah, so I, I saw, and this was, I believe, Thursday morning, I uh, saw a tweet that was sent out. I can't remember actually who who sent it. It was one of the golf beat writers um, that follows the PGA Tour pretty regularly, and they directed our attention to, the Golden Age Golf Auctions website, and an item that went up for bids, and this item has 14 days left on this uh, on this particular auction, and the lot is apparently, and there's been some lot number one. It's lot number one. There's been some controversy surrounding this, but according to GoldenAgeGolfAuctions.com, they have Tiger Woods 2000-2001. Set of Titleist irons. Now, what's special about those? Well, if you are familiar with Tiger Woods, you know that 2000-2001 were his most lucrative years as far as winning major championships. And he won what is called the Tiger Slam. Meaning that he held all four major championships at one time. He didn't win them all in the same calendar year, but he did hold them all at one time. That's correct. So, these irons... The provenance on them, and I'll read Ooh. you a little snippet here from Golden Age That's the golf first time options. the word
1: provenance has ever been on the tee box.
2: That, that, no, I'm surely not. Surely I'll talk about You don't options. think I ever said no, that word, do you? I, no, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good
2: point. But I'm guessing that your counterpart at some point has probably used it. It says, the Offered here are the actual irons and wedges that Tiger Woods used in 2000-2001, including capturing four consecutive major championship titles known as the Tiger Slam. In the 12 years since they first surfaced in the collector market in our 2010 auction, the Tiger Slam irons have been displayed privately in a Houston office complex, appreciated only by the occasional visitor with a passing interest in golf. Over the past several years, we have repeatedly uh, pleaded with the owner, whose name is let's see if I can find it, Todd Brock, to put the auction uh, to put the irons back up for auction, as it seems like they're not getting they're not being appreciated like they should be. So. The collector market uh, has matured, it says, since the dark days of 2010, but it was never about the money. Instead, and even though the clubs will likely reset the record books, instead it was about timing when the collector market finally was ready to appreciate the value of the very best golf collectibles and ready to appropriately appreciate Tiger Woods and his position in history. After winning the 2001 Masters, Tiger held all four major championships at the same time, blah, 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 blah. So, anyway. This set includes a two-iron through pitching wedge, Titleist forged irons, and two custom Vokey wedges. The wedges are both stamped with Tiger. The 58-degree wedge is bent to 56 and hand-stamped 56. The wear mark on the face of the 8-iron is otherworldly. And I will post a photo of this on Twitter uh, here
1: moment. And the 8-iron the does have a... I mean, just It's the most outrageous
2: wear spot that you've ever seen on a golf club. And which leads me to believe that, like, there's a chance these actually could have been owned by Tiger Woods because they look like they appear to be correct, the time period appears to be correct, and the story behind it seems to be accurate. Now, there have been some question marks about these particular irons, and there have been several people that say that that can't be right because Tiger still actually owns that set of irons. that He has them in his right. home in Florida. But the, the uh, auction house has come back and said the Golden Age Golf Auctions has said that they would never purposefully put anything up for bid that they didn't feel like was 100% correct. So the opening bid for these irons, Craig, started at $25,000. And what did you do?
1: I bid on it. <laughs> Do
2: you remember what your bid was?
1: 42 something 42 There's a
2: 40 and a 44.
1: It was a, a 40. 48. 40 with there's a 2 in the 40, right?
2: Okay, so f- uh, yeah, $40,262. That's it. That was your bid. That was okay. my bid. You were one, two, three, four, five, six. So you were the seventh bid. So
1: have you ever bid on something that you're hoping that God you don't win? That's. It's funny you
2: say that because I was playing golf with a buddy of mine uh, on Thursday afternoon. We snuck out and were playing, and I actually showed him this auction, and I, I thought to myself, man, you're an idiot. When it first went up, you should have logged on and bid on it just to say you did uh, knowing full well that like it was going mean, to i mean far equipped whatever it to go is. for for
1: for seven Se- figures,
2: seven figures i figured least. at 40,000 i was safe you were very safe no doubt and and you were as since then there've been bids of 44 48 53 58 64 71 on 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 and it kept going the current bid <laughs> Let's see the current bid right now. Mind you, there's still 14 days left on this auction. The current bid for these Tiger Woods 2000-2001 Tiger Slam Titleist Irons, $527,846. And that's with two weeks left
1: on the All right, auction. So if we went 527850 right now, are you worried we're going to get stuck with them? No.
2: Absolutely not. There's two weeks left. And like you said, these will probably go somewhere in the seven figures, below seven figures, I would guess, probably a million and a half or something like that.
1: I don't – I mean, there's just a lot of gray area over whether that's – I think – Legit? <laughs> I, I I just don't, I don't know. know. It is, I, yeah. I think about the guy who spent, what, on Tom Brady's last known touchdown throw. Boy, and,
2: like, way to go, Tom. I think Tom, like, offered to step in and, like, donate, like, a Bitcoin to, like, his favorite charity or something. I'm like, boy, thanks. But (laughs) you have something like that. It's
1: like, man, now you're risking. How much money? I'll just ask you this. How much money do you have to have in your checking account right now, your net worth, to say, you know what? Those Tiger Woods irons, good investment. Kind of cool to have. I'll give a million. I'll bet a million. bit a million dollars. If
2: I had, I'm going to say I'd have to have somewhere around eighty-five to ninety million dollars, somewhere in that vicinity. Fair enough.
1: Because if you if you have twenty, to where
2: I'd be comfortable going. All right, I'll spend a million. If on. you have
1: twenty million, that's five percent of your net worth. Yeah,
2: that's a lot. No, I'm not doing it at that at that rate. But if I'm worth close to like a hundred million, like we're a million and a half, you're like, ah, eh, whatever. I'd probably throw a bit in. I mean, what assuming that they are the actual real McCoy. I mean, can you imagine having those framed and displayed like in your man cave and I mean, that's like it's one of the ultimate pieces of sports memorabilia if it's actually correct. Yeah. And I can't think of a another golf item other than maybe Tiger's Scotty putter that he's won all these majors with that he's had for what 30 years. I can't think of another item that would be worth more. Can you golf that wise?
1: crazy putter that Jack Nicklaus won the '86 Masters. That with.
2: might be on the list. I still don't think it would be worth anything close to Tiger Scottie if that were to go up for auction.
1: I don't know that. That was in, until Mickelson won the PGA Championship last year. Was there anything more exciting in any sporting event that I've ever watched? In watching Mickelson win the, I'm mean, Nicholas win the '86 Masters. Oh, I would argue that, that, that last round
2: more exciting than. Than Mickelson winning. I'm just
1: saying, but an old guy, right? And yeah. forty, and back then in '86, 46 was really old, right? Yeah. I mean, that was like nobody did anything at 46 back then. Now, 46 is kind of young.
2: Yeah, it's, Hell, it, it, it sounds Blanchard's cliche, gonna... but like 46 is the new 36 type yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a really interesting, it's a really really interesting story, and I, you know, you can actually go to Golden. AgeGolfAuctions.com and read it for yourself, but, and you know whether you believe it or not is is you know on you to determine, but I mean they certainly look like they would be right, and I'm telling you somebody's about to shell out probably a million dollars for these things and and not knowing full well if they actually are authentic, which is all right. Strange. So are
1: you a are you a memorabilia guy?
2: So it's funny you mention that. Um, I, I have a lot of baseball and football and basketball cards from when I was a kid. Um, and just recently, this you know, a couple of Fridays ago, I've got a couple of friends that have gotten kind of into, you know, card collecting again over the last, you know, year or so now that the market's kinda of blown up and um, I was at their house and we were kind of sitting around kind of bored and decided that we were going to buy in on one of these card breaks and that probably doesn't mean anything to you but No it means nothing. Okay, so, Help but, me. so essentially how this works is Myself and my two friends, we all spent, I think it was about 60 bucks, And you buy in on this card break, and you can watch them actually open these packs of cards and these boxes of cards on YouTube. They have an actual channel. It's similar to what the Sorois are doing with the collectible network. But this particular one... You bought in, they assign you a specific NFL team. So there were, I don't know, 20 spots or whatever in this card break, and they just put everybody's name into a randomizer, and they click it, and it just spits out 1 through 20. And let's say I got number 11. Then they take the teams, and they randomize them, and whatever came up as number 11, since I was 11, and the Carolina Panthers was the football team that I got. This was a football card break. And so every card from that box of, I think they opened, I don't know, like eight boxes of cards. So every Carolina Panther card in those eight boxes, I got. Okay. And so what you're looking for is you're looking for numbered cards. Uh, they have cards that are numbered like 1 to 100 or 1 to 500 or 1 to 10. Or sometimes you'll get what's called like a 1 of 1, like which means it's like the only card that they produce that's like that. And that's what you're looking for. Those are the, the really high-dollar cards are like the 1 of 1s. Um, there are auto cards, which are autographed. And right. How'd you do? Not too bad. I, I, got, a, um, I got one uh, DJ Moore, who's a wide receiver for Carolina. He's been an all-pro. He's a good player. I got a DJ Moore autograph card, which is kind of neat. I got another Luke keekley card, which was numbered, like, I think, one, I think it was, like, number 9 of 10. Um, so a low-number card that, you know, they didn't produce many of. But I probably got, I don't know, 15, 20 cards, and maybe four of them had some value to them. Okay. I, I paid like 65 bucks to buy it on the break, and probably about broke even, probably. Okay. So
1: I did one thing. You tell me if I got any value with this. So I'm not a big collector. But I'll I'll pick my spots. And in 1991, Tops came out with their first ever... Set of PGA Tour trading cards. Okay. And I bought two sets. Never opened them. Never touched them. They're in the boxes. One of the boxes is a little damaged over being moved over the last 30 mm-hmm. years. Worth anything? I say so. There's no yeah, Tiger. I w- I w- tiger was. Yeah. Doesn't matter. There's no. Um, I don't even think there's any fill.
2: What year did you say it was? 91?
1: 1991. First printing. Yeah. And that's that's I- the thing.
2: Yeah, I would imagine they're probably not, they're probably not going to, you know, not like I'm going to retire tomorrow money or anything, but yeah, they're probably worth a little something. I mean, collectors want complete sets like that. They're still in the boxes and and I've got a bunch of those at the house that, you know, that um, I just never open, you know, boxes of upper deck cards from the early nineties. I'm kind of in that same time period, probably from say 87, 88 to like 92, 93 was when I was really collecting a lot of cards and. And I just honestly have so much, it's kind of overwhelming. I need to go through a lot of it and see what I've got. But uh, there's just so much that it just right. kind of seems like, where do I even begin? But yeah. do you have any other any other golf memorabilia? I mean, obviously, like your your um, betting ticket from when Dustin Johnson won the U.S. Right. Open. That's kind of a cool little yeah. tidbit. Yeah, I although- forgot to
1: cash it because I couldn't find it. And a year and a half later, I found it. And Rick, as a birthday present one year... Uh, called David Winkle, who's uh, Dustin's agent, and he put it in a frame for me, and he had Dustin sign it, mm-hmm. which uh, which was actually kind of cool. So I would have won. I think I had ten dollars on him to win it at eighteen to one or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so I lost 180 bucks because I didn't get a cash right away. But um, but I, I, that's really cool on my wall. Um, yeah, you know, I've got some other stuff. i got a Mickelson signed Masters flag the year he won his first one. Yeah, that's like, yeah stuff like I've that. got
2: a, a few little kind of trinkets like that golf-wise. If I'm- you look
1: behind, by the way, Travis Measley's desk, there is a signed Arnold Palmer poster that's actually a famous painting of some sort, poster of some sort, and it's signed by Arnold Palmer. It might be worth something.
2: I don't know, man. Arnold Palmer signed so many yeah. autographs. Like that's, and that's you know the the real value is getting autographs from people that don't sign a lot, or right. or right. getting actual game used type stuff. I mean, like these irons, or you know, I've, I've got a, like I've got a, a driver that Mark Brooks gave me when I was a kid that I've.
1: Had. By the way, happy birthday, Mark Brooks. It was his birthday yesterday.
2: Nice. Well, happy birthday to Mark.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. He, he gave it to me when I was a kid, and I've had it in my closet forever. Yeah. It's Not worth much. No. It's kind of kind of a cool little conversation yeah. piece, you know. Yeah.
1: All right, fun stuff. So I'm gonna check and see what my stuff is worth, or you can help me. I'll bring it in so you can see it. So Let's do it. anyway, that is 9:33 uh, on the ticket. We are out at uh, T box out at Crest Cars. Um, they're worth 22 bucks
2: on eBay right now. 1991 PGA Tour cards by Pro Set.
1: I bet I paid more than 22 bucks.
2: 22.95. Well, this is the last one though, so maybe once that one goes, then the demand will go back up since there's not any available.
1: Can I throw them away now?
2: I'll take them if you don't want them.
1: You can have them. I'm tired. For 22 flipping dollars, give me a break. (laughs) Is that that them? Yes, that's exactly it. I have two of them. Oh man! You can each have one. (laughs) Been saving them for my kids. Hey, wait till you see this when I go. (laughs) You have 23 dollars, (laughs) baby. One for each of you. Good grief! All right. Coming up next, i got a cool golf story, better than my trading cards. But first, need to talk about one of my favorite things, and that is advancedplaster.com. It is 85 degrees today. It's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow, and you're going to look outside. You're going to look at your pool and say, huh. Kind of still looks a little drab. Looks I'm very. not, because I don't have a pool. But, but if you had a pool. If I had a pool, Or a pond. Pond would yeah, be good for you. Pond is definitely better for me. But if you had a pool and you said, hey, look, you know, it's time. JT's the guy. He's been doing this for over twenty years. He actually started his company almost the same time I started the magazine twenty-three years ago. And he has worked on pool after pool. We've been we've been uh, talking about him for a year and a half now, and I can't tell you how many people come up to me just unsolicited and said, Man, I'm so glad you turned me on the JT at Advanced Plaster. My pool looks Awesome. It, he redid it. He did it at a great price. He was reputable. He was clean. It was awesome. If you need your pool redone, and you do, I promise you, you do, go to advancedplaster.com, call JT, get a quote, he'll get you on the schedule, and at least by Memorial Day, have your pool looking awesome because you deserve it. Go to advancedplaster.com.
4: From sports radio 967 and 1310 the tick.
0: Right here. Yes, it is. All right,
2: 939, Sports Radio 96, 7, and 1310. The Ticket, you've got the T-Box here live from Crest Cars up in Frisco. Eli Jordan, Craig Rosengarten. Got just a couple of segments left here for you. We will mix with Ty Walker and David Mino here coming up shortly want to tell you about what we got going on up at crest today and get a 2022 escalade they're in stock but they are limited on availability but you can order one if you uh, don't find the one on the lot that you like they can also get you set up uh, in a new xt4 for 409 a month or a new xt6 for 589 a month and if you're I looking bet. for an infinity you can get 2.9 percent on a 2022 qx 50 qx 60 or qx 80 suv so Get on up to Crest. We'll be here for about another uh, 25 minutes or so. You can say hi to us and uh, get yourself a new uh, Cadillac or Infinity or Volvo.
1: By the way, before we get into my golf story, we did have a notable death last night. Yes, we did. If you're just waking up and hasn't looked at Twitter or anywhere else, uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for Foo Fighters. Fort Worth's own. Is he really? He from Fort Worth, yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Passed away last night during, during their tour. I don't know if they were playing last night or not, but... Uh, but he passed, so uh, stay hard, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, it's a tough one. So my my, my wife is going to be de- disappointed. She's a big, big, big Foo Fighters fan. I
2: like the Foo Fighters. I've uh, never seen them live. would certainly be on my on my bucket list. I don't think I would probably appreciate them as much as someone like Corby does, but uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate Dave Grohl's talent and would uh, wouldn't mind seeing them uh, before I depart this earth. But uh, yeah, it's a, that's a tough one, man. So. Yeah, RIP, man.
1: Okay, so I got. I, I found this story, and I found it fascinating for a lot of different reasons. And I'm going to bring up this, this company, and anybody my age or, or close to my age will know this company for a main reason in the 90s, and I'll get to it in a minute. But my story is about a golf company called Lynx Golf.
2: Mm-hmm. You familiar? I'm familiar, yeah. Okay, so
1: you know Lynx golf.
2: Uh, Phil Mickelson was a big Lynx guy right when he came out, right? Was he was one? not.
1: Phil Mickelson was Yonix.
2: That's right, Yonix.
1: But there was a notable no, uh, Couples. Yeah, couples
2: Freddie Couples played yes, Lynx,
1: that's, that's right. So a gentleman by the name of John Riley was a amateur, top amateur golfer out in England, and he decided to move to the United States and become an engineer for ping golf. And In 1971, he said, I can do this better. I'm going out on my own. And he, with a sales rep from Arnold Palmer Golf, just started Lynx Golf. And he came out in 1972 with a one of the biggest inventions or patents in golf. He came out with the first investment cast irons in 1972. So if you don't know what an investment cast iron is... That was, I mean, it was a great innovation because now all of a sudden you brought golf clubs to the masses, right? You could mass produce them now. It also brought custom specs to the masses. So you had this investment casting. Now you want to do something upright or downright or whatever. You could you could change these clubs in in that manner. And uh, they also revolutionized their off-course distribution. So before this, you could only buy green grass golf clubs and green grass and then Lynx came and it was a way to, to sell golf clubs another way so they were pioneers Great. they were innovators and what happens to an innovator he gets ousted from the company in 1973 so right after he comes up with all this stuff uh, he's gone and, uh, and it, it changes the game by the way he did another innovative thing right after that John Riley patents the first fully metal driver. But nobody, I never knew that, and I never knew who ever did it. What
2: kind it, of metal does it say? Was it titanium or was it just metal? Just metal. Just metal, okay.
1: <laughs> so they were disrupting the market, them and Ping, they were doing the investment casting, and they get bought. Have you ever heard of the name of the company called ZERN? C-U-R-N. Never. Well, it's a plumbing company. Okay. And this this company decided to buy Lynx golf. So they were dabbling in boats and RVs, and they said, hey, we should have a golf company. And they had they knew nothing about golf. But they decided to invest in Lynx. And they did. So in the nineties, they come out with their parallax. Power, Club, and they come up, come out with the Black Cat. Remember the Lynx Black Cats? You bet. Yes. And in 1992, Fred Couples joins the Lynx staff. And in 1992, right after he joins Lynx and starts playing Lynx golf, Fred Couples wins the Masters. And right after the Masters, and this is probably where you remember Lynx golf, they come out with the Boom Boom Driver, the Lynx Boom Boom Driver, and this was the driver. I I remember it. I, I mean, I was just really on my own at the time, and was watching this stuff, and uh, and like, oh man, I gotta have that Boom Boom Driver, right? It's Fred Couples driver. Kind of cool, man. And he was that he was the cool guy on tour, right? He was there it is. I have got
2: some good news for you, buddy. You can find one on eBay right now. You know what? You could trade a box of your Pro-Set <laughs> cards and get a Lynx Boom Boom. They're 25.94. So, yes, sell sell your cards on eBay and then just buy the Boom Boom.
1: So, Lynx is having success, right? They got Fred Couples, probably the most popular guy on tour at the time. He was the Jordan Spieth of the tour at the time. He was the most popular guy.
2: Yeah, I guess that kind of that time period early 90s probably him or uh, Greg Norman maybe was Or how about in
1: 1994 they sign Ernie Els. Yeah. And Ernie Els right after they sign and wins the 1994 US Open. So So zern has got something going here with links golf, right?
2: Yeah, two of the bigger names in in golf. I mean
1: and in 1996, they spent 35 million dollars on advertising on links. It's a pretty good chunk, but they lost 25 million. Oh. So things didn't come out and at this time here comes Callaway, Taylormade, Cobra, and... They're second rate, very, very second rate. In 1995, a comparison: Callaway, which was a startup just from a few years prior, did 556 million dollars in club sales. Links sold 45 million. So, the Boom Boom driver wasn't wasn't competing with the Big Bertha. Yeah. Just wasn't.
2: And, and you know, and the Big Bertha at the time was probably the most revolutionary golf product on the face of the earth
1: yes i mean i remember hey i had to to have
2: everybody had and
1: i didn't care what it cost i was going to have one i just remember that so in 1997 zern had enough of being in the golf business they decided to build toilets and they put the company up for sale and they had high hopes because Kushnet, which is Titleist, uh, bought Cobra for $700 million. Whew, like, all right, Lynx is Lynx is going to do something. They had no takers. No takers. So desperate, they sold it to a group of all-star investors for $25 million. I'm going to make you laugh now. Want to hear the group of investors? I'd love to. You had Fred Couples. Okay. You had his roommate in college, Jim Nance. All right. Jerry West invested. Sean Connery invested. Pete Sampras was a main investor. Jack Nicholas, Clint Eastwood, and the eighth guy was Rick Dees. Any idea who Rick Dees was? No. He was famous for the awesome song that jay plays all the time for us disco duck okay you remember the disco duck song not really this guy made a fortune on the disco duck song it's probably before you and i i had to think about it but i'm thinking listen to that that group of all-stars yeah that's a then you have strange
2: group of investors for sure
1: these well it didn't pan out for these guys they lost all their money and they filed Chapter 11. And it, when they filed Chapter 11, Golfsmith decides to buy Lynx Golf out of bankruptcy and decide they're going to make it their premium brand. They're going to they're go have their own brand of, of clubs, and it's going to be Lynx, and they bought out of bankruptcy. And they decided to start from ground zero. They had some engineers, and one, one renowned engineer said, let's build some clubs. And they did. And they um, and they put together a really nice set of irons. And they're looking for players. And they run into Tom Kite. And Tom says, I'm taken. But Payne Stewart's contract with Spalding is ending. You should go talk to him. Well, sure enough, um, this is 1998. They go talk to Payne, and they sign Payne, Payne Stewart on a three-year, $12 million deal to make him irons. And he signs, and in 1999, what's Payne Stewart do? Wins the U.S. Open. And he wins the Ryder Cup That right after that mm-hmm. with being a Lynx customer, but he didn't play Lynx Irons yet. They hadn't built them. He had a pair of, a set of borrowed Mizunos. What would they go for right now? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. So, he decided it's time for him to put his Lynx irons into play. They made him hit his set. They had his set. And he was going to take his private jet on his way to come to Dallas. On the way to Dallas, he was going to stop in Austin, go pick up his irons. He never made it because the plane never came to Austin. That was where he was on his way to go pick up his set of links. Yes. Wow. How cool is that? Well, it's not cool. Well, I mean, that's not cool. uh, It's not cool, but I'm saying ironic, yes. uh,
5: Isn't that also the same Rick Dees that hosted the Weekly Top 40?
1: I believe it is. I believe it is, yes. And he had one song, which was called Disco Duck. If you go list, look it up and listen so, to it, it's the worst song ever.
2: I know we're, we're short on time, but so Lynx, I mean, they're still operational. I mean, they have a website. So interestingly enough. So who owns them now? Do you know. Um,
1: yes. So um, so get this. They spent a fortune. So right when they signed Payne Store, or they also signed Ben Crenshaw, and they had cutouts to go out in every store ready to go. And you know why it didn't make it? Because what happened was they're in the stores of Golfsmith and it's their house brand, and they went and sent secret shoppers out to you know these buying services to go to buy clubs from from Golfsmith, and all the salespeople were pushing him in to buy links. Callaway got pissed, TaylorMade got pissed, Titleist got pissed, and said, hmm. "We're we're gonna pull we're, if you keep doing this, we're gonna pull product from you." Yeah. So they decided to disband. Making Links a premium brand, just make it a value brand. And then Gosmith went out of business, and uh, somebody bought it out of bankruptcy, j- bought the international rights. Hmm. And they still haven't been able to get the U.S. rights. They haven't done very, very well in the U.S., but they are doing okay. Internationally,
2: yeah, I mean they still have and, uh, products on their website, and they're not, you know, like super duper cheap. I mean, their driver here, their Black Cat driver, is almost five hundred bucks. I mean, so they still
1: use the Black Cat driver. Yeah. That's kind of cool. No boom boom, though, huh? No
2: boom boom. They've got the Predator, the Prowler, the Parallax, and the Black Cat. So yeah, but they're still still operational. But yeah, that's an that's so, yeah.
1: interesting story about yeah, Pain Store and everything else. And enough. I wonder how things would have changed if uh, Pain was still alive and using Lynx, and that might have become a a. A formidable brand, but uh, bad luck around all around that length. And uh, I'm sure Sean Connery and Jack Nicholas and Pete Sampras and Rick Dees lost all their money.
2: (laughs) All right, uh, it is nine late on the ticket. We'll talk with Ty and Mino coming up next. But first, we need to talk about the Veritex Bank Championship, which is coming to Arlington April 13th through the 16th just here in a few weeks over at texas rangers golf club and you can go see tyson alexander the 2021 champion he will be back to defend his title and you can get tickets they're starting as low as twenty dollars
1: well you want to see good golf yeah on a really good golf course
2: and lots of birdies they're going to go out there They're, they're, they're going to they're going to shred it up man it's a fun golf course and they will go low
1: and for 20 bucks That's pretty stout right there. If you've
2: got kids that are just getting interested in golf and you don't want to pay a fortune to try and go out to some of the bigger events, you can take them out, let them watch these guys. And we had a blast out there last year. I went and followed – Followed some of the local players around a little bit here and there, and uh, we we were able to uh, walk all 18 holes and really enjoyed it. And the crowds aren't super large, so you can it's a little more intimate feeling. You can yep. get kind of up close to the players, which is really fun. So if you
1: want to look at the the, the final 16 on the PGA Tour right now in the match play, Scotty Scheffler came through the Corn Ferry Tour. Sure did. So did Will Zalatoris, two local guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Seamus Power, did look. It's it's the these guys are going to be the future stars of the PGA Tour. they it's right there. These guys are. It's not even a one, one and one a. It's, I mean, it is one and one a. It's not one and two, right? I mean, these guys are as good as good can be, and and that golf course is really um, set up to do for them to, to show off their skills. They're going to they're gonna light that place up because, I mean, they're just good. The fairways are expansive and big, and they'll they'll play really, really well. It'll be really fun to watch. I know I'll go out there because it's just it's fun. Yep, it's that, fun.
2: That's right. The Veritex Bank Championship, April 10th through the 16th. You can get tickets now at VeritexBankChampionship.com. That's VeritexBankChampionship.com.
4: Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket.
1: 1002 02 on the ticket. You got the T-Box winding down at Crest Cars. Come see these guys if you need a car. Uh, next week, I don't have a clue where we are. So we'll tweet it out. I know. <laughs> no clue. I just don't have any clue. But we'll be somewhere. Okay. Because that's what we do. By the way, before we get into Country Force, uh, you got a pick for the match play?
2: I'm going to go with. Give me Colin Morikawa.
1: Good pick. I'm hoping for a Scotty Scheffler-Wills-Altours final. That would be
2: something else. But I'm going
1: to say, Dustin Johnson putting the way he's putting right now. I don't think he gets beat, even though I'm rooting for Richard Bland. So uh, we'll see that. Okay. Eli, thanks for coming. Yeah, of course. As always. Kern, thanks for keeping us on the air. Jay, thanks for making me chuckle. And Jonathan, thanks for keeping me informed. And let's see who is up at Country Force.
2: I think I
1: know. Well, good it is a uh, good morning. Hey, but before
5: we get to our special guest host here, Jay, pot that music up a little bit. I want to see if Craig
1: recognizes this song. That's the old, the fame Rick Dees. It's, it's Rick Disco D. Duck, duck, duck. and Robot time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he lost his money on Links Golf.
2: Yes, we do. We we are getting a a hint of robot tie. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) It's kind of what it sounds like. Can you hear me? (laughs) So where are you, uh, gentlemen, broadcasting from today? This does not sound like you were at the mothership,
5: Robart. No, 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 no. We are at the greatness
2: of classic Chevrolet and Grapevine. All right. Come sorry I couldn't be there. Car, this, truck. Has been on our, uh, this has been on our radar for a couple of months here. Yes. And I, uh, yeah, unfortunately I got called in for T box duty again. So It's all right. It's sorry all right. I couldn't make it. We'll Tell Dorian uh, Jimenez I said hello. He's right here. I will
5: definitely all right. do that. Very and good. let's go ahead and introduce our special guest host. Caller, please introduce yourself.
3: Hey golf bros. Oh it's up? David Mino. I didn't the know if I jump in or do I have to be introduced. You're introduced. I'm like Corby. I have to be introduced yes. with, you know, my drops and stuff. <laughs> this is uh this is round two of me and Ty together. I think workforce. Workforce. Is that what we're going yeah, with? Yeah we'll go with We've workforce. Had workforce. Workforce We've had oh. force and force progress. Force and progress. I like that. Either <laughs> one works. Let me uh let me ask
2: you something, Mino. I know we uh, don't have a lot of time here, but hey, hey, Eli. We had discussed um, sports memorabilia in one of our segments at nine thirty and talking about mm-hmm. uh Tiger Woods irons that have recently gone up for auction that are, you know, probably gonna draw somewhere close to seven figures. You strike me as a type that might be into like sports memorabilia. Do you are you like a card collector or do you do any of that stuff?
3: Yeah when I was a kid I definitely I think that's probably just when we were kids, I think all of us, if we grew up as sports fans, mm-hmm. we liked either baseball cards, football cards, you know, old baseballs. And I you never th- collected them for, for like, to, to make money off of. I just thought they were really cool to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I remember when I was, I was probably nine, nine or ten, and I was at a Ranger game at the ballpark in Arlington – we were sitting in, in right field, in like the, the lower level in right field, probably four or five rows back, and Juan Gonzalez would warm up and he would always throw the ball into the crowd after he warmed up and I brought my glove and everything. I was like, okay, I need, you know, he's out here nine times. I, I, I got to get one of these mm-hmm. baseballs. So I'm just waving at him, Juan, Juan, you're my favorite baseball player. And he, and he looked at me. And he threw me the ball, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm 10 years old. I'm tiny. I'm a little kid. And some big old drunk dude behind me, like, reached over and caught it. And I was just so defeated. I was sad, and I was about to cry. And the inning started. And drunk guy didn't give it to you? He didn't give it to me, but Juan looked back, and he, like, signaled to him. He's like, hey, give it to the kid. And, yeah, and that was back when know, he didn't want to mess with old Igor. Scary. He was, yeah, yeah I was, was on steroids. I was going to say, that's <laughs> so when he was like just
2: pumping he, himself full of shark testosterone yeah. or whatever the hell he was shark using. So,
3: yeah, so he <laughs> followed through with his wish, and he gave me the baseball, and it made my year, and it was awesome. And then the next – so they would do the uh, fan fest or whatever they would call it to where – the players would sign autographs at the Arlington Convention yeah, Center I before, that. The, before the season, and I brought that baseball I had. I was like, "Oh my gosh, if I could have Juan sign this baseball, that he threw it to me, it was so great!" And yeah. I thought Juan would like, he he threw it to me, so this guy's like the nicest guy in the world. He was my favorite baseball player at the time, and I handed it to it him. him, and the ball was marked. It had it was like a warm up ball, so it had some distinguished letter or something on it, right? And I handed it to him. I was like, hey, you, you threw me this. He's like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he was really overwhelmed. Okay. Well, cool. I guess I got it autographed. Well, see you later. I thought, like, you know, we'd have this long you friendship. You thought you had this, this of, like, kinship. Oh, my gosh, yeah. This connection. Yeah. He'd call you later to talk about that whole scenario. Even though there was probably, like, 200 other kids that had <laughs> baseballs just like that that day. Well, there were at least probably eight others
2: from that inning. night. Yeah. Yeah. So you you, you just were convinced that he was going to start sending you like a Christmas present every year and yeah a new baseball every <laughs> so year. that was
3: that was the one I've never caught a foul ball I came never very close in, in in Kansas City in this would have been two thousand seven when I was up there in college it was the Royals versus the uh, the Angels and Vlad was up to bat and oh, we were wow. way this was before they renovated Kaufman. We're way up in right field mm-hmm. and basically had the whole section, me and my buddy, to ourself. And we knew, like, okay, Vlad is the one guy that could hit a ball up here. And he hit one that was probably 10, 15 feet from us. And I could have easily, like, gone over, picked it up, walked over and got it. But there was me, and then there was, you know I- – Here's uh the cat's in the cradle here. Uh oh. As there's me and then there's like an eight year old kid probably fifty feet away, where I could have easily gotten it, but this kid really wanted the ball. Yeah. So I'm like, do I go get it? Or do I let the kid get it? I was like, eh the kid can have it. Like No, the role's my, reversed. You could be yeah, the yeah, drunk guy to hold on it. to the ball yeah,
5: over him and <laughs> tell yeah. him to
2: well, my Vlad ball. Go pound sand. Just leave some footprints and on his I back. and him Trample him it. to go get the Vlad foul. <laughs> Start
5: doing. The well, that's G-O cool, man. I, I to him, and
2: <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking you about might you, have Eli, been a memorabilia some, guy growing up, and I'd, I uh, i I've got I recently some, yeah, just bought yeah, into like I, one of these card breaks, so I, I thought it was kind of interesting to, to see.
3: Yeah, and I always thought it, like you, owning a card shop would be the coolest gig. Because I remember one, where my, where my mom's family is from in, in Mississippi. There was a there was a pretty cool, card shop in the small town there, and whenever we'd go, I'd always go to that card shop and just want to get a pack of cards yeah. or find a, you know, mm-hmm. find a find a Pudge or a Griffy or something to get. I was like, man, if I could be, you know, when I'm a teenager, this feels like it'd be s- such a cool first job of just looking through cards and pricing them out and everything. And Eli then, was yeah. searching
5: for a Craig Stadler.
3: Yeah. Craig
2: Stadler. No, I was not searching for a Craig Stadler, although that's probably in that, it's that box. box. Definitely in my
5: 1991.
2: In the break, did
5: you get a <laughs> one-of-one one Appy Barn Rat or
2: whatever his name is? <laughs> of him just blowing a big vape cloud right in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas, what do you all got on the show today?
5: Oh, so much stuff. We're going to highlight, though, instead of fake news today, Ham has conceived another game show that he wants to present. Well, okay. And I think it's about the Rangers. He's been very vague with me. So I think it's baseball. So we'll see. 11 10.
4: Yeah, there you go. All right. Have a good One show, boys. From right see ya. Now. All right. See you, man. You too. Bye. CJ. Live. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. KTCK AM, Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK FM, Flower Mound, A Cumulus Media Station.